0: What's up, Ditch the Job listeners? Mark Bird, the podcast and virtual summit launch coach here. And one of the big mistakes people make when they ditch their job and start their own business is that their business, uh, instead of creating a business, they just create a second job for themselves. So our guest, um, he had himself in that situation and he was able to uh, make some changes uh, that allowed him to systematize a lot of his work. So we're going to talk about that in this episode Our guest started his first business in 2011, but he was soon working 60 to 80 hours a week with a business that couldn't survive without him. It was at this moment when he started to systematize everything while empowering a team to run the business better than he could. His revenue then doubled to almost 500 grand while he worked less than 40 hours each week. Our guest then sold that business for three times net profit And he now helps ambitious business owners to automate their businesses so they can leverage their business to build a life that they love. Our guest who joins us for this episode of Ditch the Job is none other than Paul Maskill. Paul, it is a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Marcus.
0: (laughs) Paul, I'm happy to have you on Ditch the Job. And I feel like this is such a great topic because there are people who they do ditch the job only to create a job for themselves, not feel happy. Uh, be doing all these hours. So can you share with us how you went from ditching your job to then being at that 60 to eighty hour a week work schedule?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Mark. So like most people who ditch their job, I was I was happy just doing anything other than working for somebody else. So I kind of had, you know, maybe tunnel vision and I wasn't paying attention to some of these blind spots of, well, what happens when this becomes really successful and I don't have the systems and processes in place. So you know, I was sick of working in a cubicle. I knew there had to be a better way of doing life, doing something you don 't like for forty years, and then enjoying life just didn't really make sense to me. So I quit my job, started my business, started to have success, and like you said, I was working sixty to eighty hours a week and it, at that time, it was like this is awesome. I'd rather do this for sixty to eighty hours a week instead of sit in a cubicle for forty to fifty and sit in traffic and deal with people that are miserable so You know, at first it was fine, but then what I really realized was, like you said, I really just created another job for myself because if I wasn't working, I wasn't making money. And if something had happened to me, really the biggest question that made me start changing was what happens if I got hit by a bus? And I realized that if I got hit by a bus, I'd probably be in a worse position than I would be if I was working for somebody else, because at least I would have had the benefits and I would have had the insurance and paid time off and disability and all these other things. Whereas entrepreneurs, we might not have those, those things in place yet. So it was really kind of a wake-up call, uh, luckily sooner rather than later, uh, that I really needed to have people running this business because really that was, that's probably everybody's dream anyway is to build a business and then have it run without us. But the only way that's going to happen is if we have people in place. So being able to put the systems and processes in place and then, like you said, empower a team and trust that team to do those things on behalf uh, it's a lot easier said than done. So you know that's really what made me realize it uh, and really encouraged me to take action because I realized, I realized the same thing that I realized when I quit my job, that the worst case scenario wasn't as bad as we all thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. So when I quit my job, everyone's like, what are you doing, you're crazy? And then my thought was like, I'm crazy not to try this because if it doesn't work, I can always go get another job. And then fast forward a couple years, it was the same thing. The worst case scenario was I delegate everything it doesn't work. And then I take it all back, which is the exact position I was in at that time. So
0: why not give it a go? Wow. I mean, so many insights there. I mean, the worst case scenario, I feel like we could just over exaggerate it. And uh, sometimes that worst case scenario could really just paralyze it. So if you really think about it, like, you know, Paul's pretty much saying, like, I'm going this new path. If it doesn't work, I could always go back to where I was. But trying this new path, you know, has a lot of upside. So worst case scenario, you are where you're at. Best case scenario, you have all this upside. And it is interesting how you mentioned at a job, like you have benefits, you've got uh, sick days and things like that you don't have as an entrepreneur. So it is important for us to build up that team. How would you recommend we build up on our team? Some people have different types of budgets, uh, but I feel like we could all get started somewhere. So what would you recommend for building up a team?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think really the key is to really understand it's a gig economy, right? So like 30 years ago, if we wanted to hire somebody to help us grow business, we kind of had to offer them at least part-time, but more likely full-time. It's like, I don't have money to pay for that person. But now we can, do, we can hire people for literally like an hour a day if we need them for an hour a day. So what I really recommend everybody is look at all the things you're doing. This is assuming you already ditched your job. You're kind of already at capacity more or less. What are the things you're spending too much time on and what are the things that you should be doing more of? So then how do we free up more time to focus on the things you should be doing, the higher dollar amount items, you know, getting rid of the distractions. So I'll just give you a real life example. I was working with a client last night. I'm in Raleigh. He has a lot of business interest in DC. So he spends a lot of time driving up to DC and back. And that takes up a lot of time because he's in the car driving. So we came up with the idea, you might as well, you're better off hiring a driver So then those four to five hours in the car, you can actually work on your business instead of driving and, you know, taking some phone calls, maybe listening to a podcast, but not really moving the needle as much as you could. And that was, that's going to save him, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week. So really looking at the pain points and evaluating how you spend your time. That's a whole nother question because we all have more time than we think. Uh, But at the end of the day, what determines our success is what are we spending our time on? And There are tasks in everybody's business that you could delegate literally tomorrow and get so much more time to then focus on revenue generating tasks, growing your business, networking, marketing, whatever it is that you need to do more
0: of uh, in your business. And I absolutely love this idea of just picking which tasks are the most important and focusing on those things that, you know, you have to do, but... Uh, aren't as revenue producing those are the things you delegate to someone else like that four to five hour drive that paul mentioned that you get a lot done now i don't know if you could work in the car in the passenger seat or whatever some people get car sick that'll probably be my line but you know if you can uh get that work done that's such a great opportunity and it's not like everyone's got that four to five hour commute for some people it's like social media posting for Other people, it could be like responding to some emails. There's just so many different things that we can delegate. It's just a matter of getting started. 100%. And that's the key is getting started because
1: we can always make excuses and those excuses always sound good to us. Like right now, we're recording this in December. So right now is I'm going to wait till January 1st. No one's doing anything. But then January 1st comes and you're like, well, that's like a Wednesday. We might as well wait till the next Monday. So those excuses always sound good to ourselves and we can always justify it. But those who get started are the people that eventually actually improve, because the only way we know how to improve is once we start and quote unquote fail. You know, it doesn't go as, as well as you wanted, but then you are able to then have knowledge and experience to then improve that process, improve that system, improve anything. But the key, like you said, is to just get started. So evaluating how you spend your time, like you said, it might be posting on social media. It might be just going into Facebook groups and spending time engaging there. It might be, I I work with someone that's in real estate and they have to continuously post on Craigslist and Facebook for their wholesaling land basically. So, they're posting and reposting, and anybody can do that if they have a set system to follow. So the key is to really evaluate your time,
0: get started, and then improve it. And one of the important words there is systems, because some people think if you just hire someone, the problem is going to go away, but you have to create the systems. And I'm wondering if you could share with us a little more on how you were able to systematize your work, some of the uh, maybe growing pains of that and getting to the systematized level where you are now.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, really, I think the first, the first key is to kind of understand where, where you're going. What do you envision your business to look like? So, it looks like this. I got Mark doing this for me. I got Joe doing this. I got a project manager doing this. Whatever it is, you kind of have your vision first. So, this is where we're going. And then you're going to work backwards to figure out how you're going to get there. And then the second thing to understand is it's not going to be perfect, right? So, you're going to fail. You're going to fail forward. You're going to keep moving. but really they make it so easy now to start creating these systems because we have the power of technology. We have a phone that is like the most powerful camera. Uh, If you go back five years, this is like camera that you could buy off the shelf. So using that to your advantage and using screen recording software. So this is real practical advice. If you're doing anything on a computer, you use something like zoom or loom or anything that will record your screen for free. And you say, okay, this is how we're going to run this report. And we're going to import it into Excel or whatever it is that you're doing. I do a lot of stuff in Excel. So I was always recording soft- using screen recording software to do this. I'm voicing over. And now I have a training guide to give to anybody who can learn at their own pace. And even better, I don't need to have the overhead of an office. So I could send this to Mark, who's in New York or New Jersey, wherever you're at. Mark, this is how you do it. You watch the video you pause rewind fast forward you learn it and then you can do it you no longer have to sit next to me take down a bunch of notes and then you go to do it tomorrow and you say man i know you told me how to do this but i totally forgot that's how i learned in corporate america and it drove me nuts um you know so that's the one way to do it if it's a computer task if it's an in-person task you tell the person you're training mark hold my phone and record while i'm doing this so if you're running some sort of service-based business i I'm a partner in a landscaping company. So the easiest way to teach the new hire how to do it is, Hey, new hire, grab my phone. I'm going to show you how to prune this plant or whatever it is. And then they do it, they watch it. And now they have a video that they can watch, rewatch and learn at their own pace, saving everybody time, energy, and effort.
0: And I mean, the video is just so important. It's something I do as well because people can forget uh, people could think they're doing it right, but they're not doing it right. But a video just makes it so much easier for people to see what it is that they're supposed to be doing. And it doesn't take that much time on your effort to produce a video. And then you don't get the back and forth. Like, am I doing this correct? or are having to uh, micromanage. And I think that's the next thing we should talk about because some people, they delegate, they build up the team and all these different things. But then they, so like in your case, six to eight hours a week of work, that's what you were doing. you get that to 40, a lot of people in that scenario would then spend an extra 20 to 40 micromanaging. So how do you, uh, you know, like give work to other people, but not go that micromanaging route?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's really a big mindset hurdle, Mark, because it's our baby. We started it. Nobody can do it as well as we can. And we have that mentality. So we have to understand first that 99% of the people in this world are really good people. They're not going to do something "quote unquote" wrong on purpose. They're going to do it wrong because you failed to give them something: leadership, guidance, training, tools, something. Because then it left guesswork. And like, I don't know. He's probably going to think I'm stupid if I don't, if I can't figure this out on my own. So I'm going to, I'm going to think I think he's going to, he wants it done this way. So then they do it that way. They come back and they're all excited. And then you're like, well, really, I didn't want it done that way. So then I start micromanaging and I start having that mindset of. You know, why did I pay this person? I'm better off doing it myself. I can get it done faster. Why do I have to spend time training? But understanding that they're not doing something wrong on purpose. They're not like maliciously. I'm going to do this wrong on purpose to make him mad. Nobody is going to do that. If we were really bad people, we would do things bad on purpose and nobody would be here. But we're all still here. There's 7 billion people in the world. So once you understand that, then I think it's the baby steps of actually just doing it and picking the easiest task that you do every day. And delegating it and the reason you're doing this is just to get over that mindset hurdle and to start having small wins so if anybody you know is in online marketing you know you've learned that uh, you know a lead magnet is meant to give somebody a quick win well this is basically the same thing I'm gonna delegate this first test to mark he's gonna do it successfully he's gonna build confidence I'm gonna build confidence and we're gonna start working together so when you can do that then it makes it so much easier so for example the business that I was running it was an in-person business We were running after-school programs for elementary kids. So the biggest part of our job was to make sure all the kids were accounted for. We were responsible for well-being. So our coaches and the school needed to have a roster of who was going to show up to golf class that day. So all we had to do was go into our system where everyone registered, download the report, export it into Excel, and print it out. Super simple. So that was literally the first task I ever delegated. And I did the screen recording software, showed them how to do it. They got excited. They felt felt like they were part of something bigger. I got excited because they did it well. And then it's kind of like a drug almost. It's like, okay, I'm going to give Mark more and more stuff because he's having success. He's freeing up my time so then I can go grow the business. I can lead the team and continue to build what we're building.
0: And I mean, it, it can feel very addicting once you hire someone. You just want to hire more and more people because you see the results and you think, you know, like all these different areas it can apply to, but you've got to be making more money with your business to justify it. So can you talk about what were some of your key revenue generators and uh, how you were been focusing more time on those?
1: Yeah, so obviously every business is different, but really for me, and especially in that business, that was the thing that kind of started it all was I literally had no more time to run those reports or go get more business because I was literally just in the office turning these things out all day. You know, whether it's talking to schools, doing the marketing, doing the sales, doing the books, all the other things that go with running a business that most people don't tell you about, Um, you know, busy doing all those things. So once I could start offloading all this other stuff, I had more time to meet with, you know, prospective employees. I had more time to meet with my current team to make sure they're happy because that's the other part is right. If we're building a team, we want them to stay. So we need to lead them. We can't be stuck in the weeds all day. I had more time to meet with school leaders. I had more time to focus on sales and marketing. I had more time to just kind of be a leader in general, so that way when I did hire someone to do the marketing, I could actually have the time to have conversations with that because I think where a lot of business owners also get stuck is they 're like, okay, I' don't figure it out, and if it doesn 't work, it's their fault, you know, And we almost give up ownership because we then give ourselves a crutch that if it doesn 't work, well, it wasn't me, they said they were going to do it, and they didn 't but. You still need to manage the process. So that's where I think you know, a lot of business owners that I work with, they get overwhelmed. So they, I walk into this process where they've already delegated the marketing to some marketing company that's probably ripping them off. Or you know they've delegated all this to you know all the answering the phones and emails. And well, if they don't respond to it, that's their problem. And then they have no control. So you really need to have the time to be a leader, manage the process, build the team, keep your key employees happy, keep your key customers happy. So it's not as much, hey, if you do this, you're going to then make X amount of dollars. I think that's where a lot of business owners get stuck as well. It's like, well, why do I have to do that? That's their job anyway. You know, well, you do because now you're a leader and you're responsible for the well-being of this company. Yes, they're going to be doing the, a majority of the quote-unquote work, but without you, they're not, there isn't going to be any work.
0: Yeah, and it's important, Paul mentioned, to uh, treat your, employees nicely and like to create a good culture because i mean you're ditching your job because you hate it you don't want to create that kind of experience for the people you hire so i mean you 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 definitely want to give them a place they call home a place where they feel appreciated they feel valued so i definitely love that insight uh that paul mentions i'm wondering uh for people who are wondering like where can we find your work where are some good places we can find you continue following you on your journey
1: yeah. So I would say uh, you could, if you're obviously listening to this, you're a podcast listener. So I have my own podcast. It's called the Business Owners Freedom Formula Show. Um, so that's there. It's been going on for a couple of years now. we got about 350 episodes. But if you want to learn more, have a conversation, you can go to paulmaskill.com slash masterminds. So I run uh, small group masterminds for business owners who are, like you said at the beginning, Mark, auto, who want to automate their business to leverage that business to build a life that they love. So we all started our business so we could do all these other things. And then we kind of forget about that. And we're we're just in survival mode. So when we ditch our job, we want to ditch our job for good. So that way we can have a business that allows us to do all the things we really want to do in life, whether it's travel, spend more time with, with our kids, spend more time hanging out with friends, whatever it is, doing more philanthropic work, volunteering. But the only way to do that is to have the systems, the processes, and the people So our business is running on autopilot so we can really get get to those goals that we set out when we started our business. So if anybody wants to check that out, paulmaskill.com slash mastermind is a great way to learn from other business owners, learn from me. And we're all about accountability and pushing people to make sure we aren't making those excuses that sound good to us.
0: Well, Paul, thank you for sharing those resources. I definitely love the idea behind your mastermind. A lot of people could use that systematization, uh, but I do want to once again take the time to thank you for being on Ditch the Job. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, Mark, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Enjoy the conversation.